I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning, in the process of buying, or even owns their own home. Today, I'm going to be taking you guys on a magical journey or really just an in-depth journey into a specific question, and it actually kind of ties in with the intro to my podcast, right, that this podcast is designed for consumers. Basically, at the end of the day, that's what it's designed for. Anyone thinking or wanting to or already in the real estate world. So today's episode is going to be primarily on actually combining two of those categories. So I knocked over the glass there. Someone who already owns their own home and they are thinking about potentially buying a new one. Ooh. (laughs) It can be a little bit scary and a little bit daunting and but really exciting at the same time. And I think this is where my uh, nerdiness for mortgages and finances is kind of coming into play is that there are so many options and there's so many different avenues you can go if you own a home and you want to buy a new one. And there's so many different subcategories and guidelines. So it can be a little bit overwhelming but I'm really going to try to unpack it today for you guys and help give you a better understanding of those different scenarios and what it looks like. So first, I can definitely, in, in this situation, speak to you guys in terms of both a personal situation and, of course, professional as well. So professional being I've been in the mortgage industry for almost a decade now at this point. I've closed a ton of loans. At the same time, I'm licensed in the two states that are probably going to be some of the heaviest for second homes. That's going to be Florida and Arizona. Really, at the end of the day, probably any warm state is going to be a big hub for second homes. So I do have quite a bit of experience professionally in helping people with these scenarios. And personally, of course, I have been through this as well. You know, if you've listened to any of my earlier episodes, I've kind of told a story a little bit, but I will touch on it again for any new listeners who are joining in on today's episode. I purchased my first home when I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Cute little starter home. I actually purchased it as I was a first time home buyer. I used a FHA loan. To purchase it so back in the day this home I got it for a hundred and fifty seven thousand FHA uh, anyone who's listening that doesn't know FHA what that stands for what type of loan that is it is a government-backed loan nice low down payment options so three and a half percent down so I got this cute adorable little home in Charlotte nothing crazy just a cute little starter home I put three and a half percent down 
And that is where I was living and working and just going about life. Well, things in my life definitely took a heated turn. So at the time I was married and that definitely went sideways. If you would like more info on that particular story, listen in on the episode Home Buying, or I think it was Overcoming Fears with Home Buying. I share that personal story in there. But things went bad with the marriage, and we split, and the home was mine. So I did get to stay in the home. Uh, The mortgage was just in my name. And after he left, you know, originally I was planning on staying in Charlotte. I had no plans to really go elsewhere until one day, about six months later after the split, I got a call from a loan officer that I was working for in Sarasota, Florida. They said, hey, I love working with you so much and I'm going to move companies and I would love for you to come work with me and move to Florida. Would you do it? So I thought about it and I was like, why not? Why not? Like I've got nothing holding me back. And then, ooh, ooh, nothing holding me back except I own a home what do I do? What do I do? I own a home. This also big fear for a lot of people, right? A lot of people are nervous about purchasing real estate or purchasing a home because they feel like they're going to be trapped somewhere, that they're making this commitment. They can't get out of it. They're stuck here to say, I did feel all of those fears as well. However, you're not stuck. That's not the case there are lots of options. So let's break this down. My personal situation, uh, option one could have been, let's sell the home, take the proceeds from that sale, and I could maybe buy a new one in Florida, or I could put that money in savings and I could rent for a while. So that's one option. That is not the option in the route I chose to take. I think being in the mortgage industry and being around real estate professionals, I did have a good grasp and understanding as to the value of continuing to own the home. So what I chose to do instead was I converted it into a rental property. Also kind of scary because... I wasn't going to be living near my rental property, right? I was going to be moving to a new state. So what I ended up doing was I found a wonderful property manager who could manage the property for me while I was at a state. And it was fabulous, like nothing bad to say, just raving, raving reviews. Uh, My property manager did a fantastic job never had any issues with tenants or uh, really any of that, just normal wear and tear on a home, but nothing beyond that. And I ended up keeping it as a rental property. Now, when I first moved to Florida, I did choose to rent for a little bit. I didn't buy right away. And I think part of that was just kind of that fear of, oh, I'm a new landlord. 
and I don't know what this is gonna look like. Let me let me give it a little bit of time first. Let me get settled in Florida first, and then I'll buy. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. It took a little bit longer than a year. I actually didn't purchase again until I had moved from Sarasota over to West Palm Beach, Florida. But I was in that position, right? I already owned a home and now I was looking to purchase a new one. And what does that look like? Now, for me and my specific situation, because I had been renting out my property for a couple years already at that point, I had rental income already proven on it. I had tax returns on it. So I had all the necessary documentation to make it very easy to purchase a new one. But again, I've been in this business for a long time. I know the guidelines. I know the rules. And not everyone knows it. So that's why we're here today is I'm going to teach you guys about it. Listen in help get you prepared so you can make the best decisions for yourself or you and your family. All right, let's break it down. Enough story time. Let me share all the the good information with you guys. I did have to write this down because there is so much information on it that it can be a little difficult to remember it all. So I have my nice pretty little notes here with me but I'm going to break it into probably four different categories for you guys today so the first category you are going to be you already own a home and you want to purchase a new one and you are going to sell your existing home so that's scenario one let's kind of break that down a little bit further one question I get quite often from clients who already own a home want to buy a new one. Do I need to sell my home before I close or after I close? Okay, loaded question. So let's break that down into nice little chunky baby food sizes for everybody. There's not a simple you have to sell before or you have to sell after, it's it's going to come down really to two things. It's going to come down to what's your personal preference, what's best for you and your family, but also what can you get approved for. You might want to sell your home after closing, but you might not be able to do that based on the qualifications you have for the new mortgage. What do I mean by that? If you currently have a mortgage and you're looking to get a get a new one, or I shouldn't even say just a mortgage, if you own a home and you're looking to get a new mortgage, if you want to sell your home after closing on a new one, even if you're under contract on your existing home and it's going to sell the day after closing, you still have to qualify holding both homes. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking your debt to income ratio. Your debt to income ratio needs to sustain the payments of not only all your debt that comes through on your credit report, plus the current housing expense for the home you're selling, 
Also, in addition to that, the expense for the home you're purchasing. If you are not selling your home prior to closing on a new one, you have to qualify holding both properties. That's typically one where we will run into someone not being able to qualify for that particular scenario because they may not make enough income or they might have too high of a debt load to hold both and their debt to income ratio gets thrown off. That could be one way why you're not able to sell your home after closing. The second piece to that is let's talk funds to close. Okay, so if you are purchasing a new home, as long as that's going to be your primary home, you do have tons and tons of low down payment options that are available to you. You could do FHA as little as 3.5% down, potentially conventional loans as little as 3 to 5% down. So if you have enough funds already saved or you're able to get the funds needed to do the down payment for a new home without needing the funds from the sale of your home, great, wonderful. But what we sometimes also run into is maybe someone needs the funds or their proceeds from the sale of their home in order to have the money to purchase the new one. And if that's the case, my answer to your question, should I sell before or after, is gonna be, well, not so much should you, you need to. You need to sell before you close on the new one. That being said, there are tons of options or things you could do as far as simultaneous closes. What's a simultaneous close? Simply means that you are closing uh, or selling your existing home on the same day you are purchasing the new one. It can get a little bit trickier timing-wise of everything, but it is more than doable. And this is also a great way if you need that, then you don't really have to worry about being homeless or living with relatives for a few weeks while you're waiting to be able to move into your new place, you can do it all on the same day. Just if you're gonna do it all on the same day or that's what you want to do, just make sure that your real estate agent and your lender, that we're all on the same page, that way we can get you guys set up for the best success possible. This is a great option to also just leverage the equity in your home. So one of the cool things you can do with this particular scenario as well is let's say you're going to just throw out a number. If you sell your home, you're going to get $100,000 and you're purchasing a new primary home. Well, rather than put all that 100000 into a new home, you could potentially split it up. So you could potentially put that maybe half of that into a new home say maybe 50,000 and then you can actually take the other 50 and maybe pay off some debt. You might actually lower your overall debt load simply by doing that. It's an awesome, awesome experience or experience. That's probably not the right word. It's an awesome option. Uh, 
take your overall debt load and just see what you can do with it. Category or, yeah, I would say second category. Turning your existing home into a rental and buying a new primary home. This is my personal story. This is something I did. So I can talk to this one definitely from a personal standpoint and from a professional standpoint. I personally love this option, and I'm going to break down why I love this option so much, is because it's a great way to build up a portfolio of investment properties without having to actually do the investment loan. And I will break that down later uh, where I talk more about the investment side of things. What's nice about this, I'm going to go buy a primary home, right? Let's use my specific scenario. I'm in North Carolina. I'm a first-time home buyer. I'm going to use an FHA loan, 3.5% down, and back in the day, I think I got a 3.75 interest rate. That's an awesome loan. It's an awesome loan with a great payment. Uh, I didn't have to pay anything for the interest rate points. If you're listening in terms, points or charges for interest rates. Um, it was a very nice loan. Now, after I decided to move to Florida and convert that into a rental, you don't have to touch the mortgage on it. That mortgage only changes if you decide you want to refinance out of it. If you don't refinance out of it, it stays the same. It stays the same. And why this is so huge is because, let me tell you, if you're purchasing an investment property, your down payment is a lot higher, your interest rate is a lot higher, and your fees are a lot higher. So why not purchase a primary home that's your primary home. You live there for a year or more. And then you decide you want to move on to your next home, whether that's in a location you like better. Maybe it's bigger. Maybe it's a little closer to your dream home. Then you take that existing departing residence, turn it into a rental. Don't touch the mortgage on it. One of the only things to that that I will Forewarn everyone, especially if you're talking in government loans, like FHA loans, VA loans, FHA will not allow you to have two FHA mortgages at the same time. There are, I think, two uh, exceptions to that rule. Most people do not qualify for those exceptions. So just assume you cannot have more than two FHA mortgages at the same time. So if your first property is in a FHA loan, like when I was down here in Florida, right? I remember I had the FHA loan on the home in Charlotte. I got here to West Palm Beach. I bought a new home. I could not get an FHA loan on this home here in West Palm Beach. I had to get a conventional loan because I can't have two FHA loans at the same time. So keep that in mind. Uh, down the road, I think I will do a series where I kind of break down each particular loan type. But a good overall difference between FHA and conventional is conventional does have higher and stricter credit score 
requirements. So keep that in mind too. If this is something you're looking to do to grow and build your dream home, as well as build a portfolio of investments, credit score is important. It's definitely important. Okay. So I've kind of broken that down a little bit and you guys can, I think, follow and see, right? Like if you do this over a period of time, let's say you get a new home and you move every two years, maybe every three years. Well, let's say two, just for easy math sake. Then in six years, you'll have three homes and you won't have to pay investment rates and fees on your investment properties because they were your primary residences that you converted into rental properties. Now with this, I think a lot of people might be thinking, well, again, do I have to hold both mortgages? Yes and no. Yes, you got to be able to hold both mortgages. But the cool thing about having a departing residence that's being converted into a rental is that just about all of the agencies or the different types of loans out there will allow you to use some or all rental income to offset the mortgage payment or the debt in your debt to income ratio. Really cool. How does that work? So I had a client recently, he was purchasing a new primary home, taking his current one, turning it into a rental property. Now he didn't qualify holding both mortgages and both properties just on their own. It would have thrown his debt to income ratio way out of line. So how did we make it work? So he actually got a tenant for his departing residence, got a 12 month lease signed, that's important to keep in mind, you Airbnbers out there. It doesn't work for the mortgage side of things. It has to be a 12-month lease. Got a 12-month lease in place. And then we also got proof or receipt that he had received the security deposit and first month's rent from the tenant that was going to be living in his departing residence. And then we were actually able to use 75% of that lease value or that rental income to help offset the debt on his loan application. And because of that, it ended up kind of being a wash and we were able to get him to qualify for a new primary home and he didn't have to get rid of his existing one. Great option. All right, let's go to scenario number three. You own a home and you wanna buy a second home or a vacation property. Okay, this one's a little bit different. So this is a vacation vacation home. So this is not where you're turning a home into a rental or you're buying an investment property. So you have to be able to hold both mortgages. You have to. Cool thing too, some people may not know, doesn't quite fit with this, but I'm gonna share anyway. If you can actually buy a vacation home or a second home without owning a primary home yet. Let's say you live in New York, because I've had this scenario lots of times. You live in New York and you rent in New York, but you want a vacation home here in Florida by the beach where it's warm and nice. 
you can do that. What we do, though, is you have to count whatever you pay in rent or whatever your housing expenses up in New York or wherever it is you, you live. So, again, doesn't quite fit in with today's episode because we're talking about owning a home and buying a new one. But just good to know. A lot of people don't know that. All right. Backtracking. So, you own a home. You want to buy a vacation home. You have to hold both mortgages. You just do. There's not really a way around that one. You cannot use rental income to offset the debt of your primary home or the new second home. You know, so just keep that in mind. This, I think this is a great option for snowbirds in particular, people that like to spend half their year one place, half the year the other place. That's a great option. Uh, Now, one of the differences, too, when you are purchasing a second home or a vacation home is your minimum down payment is going to jump up. So rather than uh, the 3 to 5% down for a primary home on conventional loans, you're going to be looking at a minimum of 10% down. And conventional loans only, you guys, FHA, VA, all of those, they don't do second homes or investment properties. So you are kind of stuck with conventional on this one. So it's a little bit more of a down payment. And again, you got to be able to hold both. But a cool thing you can do with second homes, and unfortunately, the uh, government did catch on to this. So I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. Airbnb. We all know Airbnb is huge right now. Airbnb and second homes are a great option, right? You want a vacation home that you can use for you or you and your family, but you're only going to use it one, maybe two weeks of the year, and otherwise it's going to be sitting there. Maybe you want to earn some money on it. Maybe you want to earn some income on it. You can do that with Airbnb. This is not, you cannot put a full-term tenant or lease on the property. Cannot do that. Emphasize that. But the nice thing with things like Airbnb is you can black out dates where other people can't use the property. Let's say you and your family want to come on vacation. You want to use your home. You black out those dates. You use it for your own personal vacation. And then the rest of the time, If you want to Airbnb it, you can Airbnb it because you're meeting all the guidelines of a second home. Now, what I was talking about, how the government kind of caught on to this. So up until last year in 2022, second homes actually used to have the same interest rates as primary homes. Oh, like so magical. Really, the only difference was you had to put 10% down versus 5% down, but you got a killer interest rate. You know, you didn't really have to pay more in fees. It was awesome. Well, the government caught on. They caught up to Airbnb and they realized, oh, people are buying vacation homes and they're making money on their vacation homes and we don't like that. We want a piece of that pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sad. Very sad. They did. So now 
if you are purchasing a second home, the interest rates and the fees, discount points, are pretty much in line with that of investment properties. And we can thank Airbnb for that. Nonetheless, it's still a great option, especially if you don't have the funds to do the full down payment for an investment property. And that is a great segue into our fourth and final category for today, which is you own a home and you want to buy an investment property, not an Airbnb that you're going to use as a vacation home, but you want to actually purchase an investment property. You want to put a long-term tenant in there, or like, let's say you do want to do Airbnb, but you want to buy the home down the street from you. Come on guys, that is not, that's not a, that's not a vacation home for you. That is a full-blown investment property. So if you want to do something like that too, that would also fall underneath this category. Now you do have to, again, hold both mortgages, but nice part about doing an investment property is that you can use rental income to help offset the mortgage payment. There's different ways that's calculated depending on your specific scenario, your specific loan type, but that helps. You know, let's say you're buying an investment property and that mortgage is going to be $3,000 a month, but you can get rental income of $3,200 a month. That can kind of help offset that as far as qualifying. And since we've brought up Airbnb a lot, and I do get this question a lot as well, when using rental income, you can't use Airbnb numbers. I know there's a lot of investors out there right now. You're running your all your numbers using numbers you would earn from things like Airbnb. Can't do that on a mortgage. It's going to be uh, based on a 12-month lease. What's the rental median or average for the area for the type of home? One of the things with purchasing an investment property, higher down payments. Now for a one unit, you can actually do as little as 15% down on conventional loans. If you're looking to buy a two, three, or four unit property, obviously that jumps up from there. But there is still a decently low down payment option for an investment property. Keep in mind, you're gonna pay an arm and a leg in the interest rate though, especially if you're going that low. And higher fees, it's just part of the part of the package deal with an investment property. Nice part though, is that when you are buying an investment home, you do actually have a huge variety of loan options that open up to you. So you're gonna have your traditional conventional loans, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you got those. And I usually do recommend those, especially if you're gonna be a first time investor, this is gonna be your first investment property ever that's probably a pretty good place to start. Now, if you get into the investment game a little bit, you've done this a little bit more, there's so many different loan options out there. There's fix and flip loans. There's uh, debt service coverage ratio loans. And I know you're all probably like, what's that? What's that? We can go over that in another episode. Uh, I can dig into all those a little bit more. But essentially there's just, there's so many more options and there's options where you can actually close the home and the mortgage in the name of an LLC or a business versus your personal name. 
can get really creative with it. And there's also lots of hard money options out there as well for investors. All right. So now that I have talked your ear off about if you own a home, you want to buy a new one, we went over those four different subcategories. I would love to hear from you guys, the audience, as to different topics that you're interested in. Is there something you want to learn about? Is there a critique you have for me? I would love to hear it. That way I can start really tailoring this podcast to you guys and what it is you want to learn about and hear about. And to end the day, thank you for joining in on episode 15. My name is Leah. You can find me on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, on and on and on, Lending with Leah. It was wonderful spending today with you guys, and I will see you again in a couple of weeks. Thank <laughs> you.